Huddle is with us now. It's Neil Jones, government relations firm Capital and Nick Leggett, Infrastructure New Zealand CEO. Hi, lads. Hello. Both of you are parents, so we're going to come back to that one. How good, Nick, that we got a deal from the government? Yes, it'd just, it'd just be nice to know what it is. But you know what? I can wait another 15 to 20 hours, I think. Um, and I look, it's taken a long time. And it's for those of us that follow this, you know, who I suspect are a distinct minority, it's frustrating. But, you know, I reckon next week nobody will, will be talking much about how long it took. We'll be interested in the details. And frankly, that's what I'm after now. I mean, what, what, what exactly has been agreed? Who's got what positions? And what is going to be their legislative agenda, given the yeah. fact that the government have promised to repeal a lot and undo a lot of stuff? Okay, that's great. When's it going to happen by? And what is going to be replaced with, you know, the repealed... Uh, bits of legislation. Yeah, absolutely. This is what I'm fizzing for. What are you going to look for, Nick? Uh, Neil, when you open when you open the, the document, and you're going to go straight for what? I'm dying to know just out of pure curiosity who's got Deputy Prime Minister. Oh, yeah. um, Who that, do you think? That, that, I, look, I don't know, to be honest. I think they should have just given us Nicola Willis and said neither of you are going to end up happy if we give it to one of you. <laughs> so if you can't share, neither of you get it. It's probably and give elegant, it to Nicola. Yeah. But, but look, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be looking for what they've done on the treaty and those issues. I think that's an issue that, if not handled carefully, could really blow up. Mm. Um, and I'm also keen to see how they've managed, you know, there are some similarities in the parties, but ACT is very free market and New Zealand First is much more interventionist. And to see sort of who's won out in, 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 the, in the coalition agreement on that debate. Yeah, what what are you going to look for, Nick? I think I, I agree with um, Neil. I'm going straight for the treaty stuff and I'm also really interested in now who's got the Attorney General. What about you? Yes, I think the treaty, I mean, I think the government has a chance to heal uh, some of the division that's been created. Uh, I hope that, that why the heads will have won out there. Naturally, I'll be looking uh, for infrastructure, uh, understanding what the government's planning to do on how it procures, how it builds funds and consents infrastructure. We'll be looking at can we make infrastructure decisions and projects go faster. And, um, and I think that there'll be communities around the country that'll be that'll be calling out for those sort of things as well. Yeah, I suspect you're right. Guys, we'll take a really quick break. We'll come back and we'll definitely talk about this book as well. You're back with The Huddle. It's 13 away from 6. You've got Nick Leggett and Neil Jones with me. Nick, I just wanted to ask you really quickly, did you see the story about Police National Headquarters busting yeah. one of the supermarkets in Wellington, selling the liquor online to at too much of a discount, and now they've won some sort of a victory by getting the two supermarkets to agree they won't do that anymore? I'm not happy about this, are you? Well, no, I'm not happy because the police are taking an activist um, role here. Now, let's face it, alcohol is harmful. Uh, we, the police often have to deal with the consequences of that harm. Uh, so they should have a, a say, I think, uh, appropriately in licensing. But to actually pursue and effectively set case law that will dictate how uh, you know future how supermarkets treat the future, I think is a step too far. Uh. Um, we, we've got enough people in this space. Uh, I think the police should play you know potentially just a straighter bat with this kind of issue, so they can uh, you know appropriately respond and not be seen to take sort of partisan positions on 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 issues like. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hey, Neil, how do you feel about the sex book? Um, so I first came across... I mean, I don't <laughs> he have any it. feelings he about it. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> um, no, look, I've actually seen a bit of it because I, during the election campaign, um, someone I know had seen on social media some claim that was part of the school curriculum that was incorrect, and they sent it to me in horror. Yeah. And, I, and I saw it, and it was pretty explicit. It's not the kind of thing I think younger 
people should be looking at. Probably, you know, you'd be into your teenage years before it's appropriate. But, mm. I mean, my view is probably similar to yours from what I heard, was that basically this is an issue for parents. I think parents can decide whether their kids are mature enough. And as you say, like, it's, you know, there's worse stuff on the internet. They learn about it somewhere. Probably better in a good context, which is talking about consent and, you know, learning how to deal with your emotions and um, hardcore pornography. Yeah, I, I sort of feel grateful, Nick, that it's come up because I feel like parents, you know, need to know that the stuff is out there so they can be responsible about looking at what their kids are looking at, right? Yeah, I do too. And I just want to say, Heather, I think it's quite good you gave a voice to family first both because I think we should air those kind of views more publicly, but also so we can actually hear that really there isn't a case to be made. I thought that Sue, yeah, it was a fair point she was made, but actually when you questioned her, she couldn't really say that this was going to prevent, you know, that restricting access to this was going to prevent harm because kids have got access to this stuff anyway on the internet. Mm. And, you know, I just want to make a... a, a sort of talk about the 80s for a second and the 90s there was a book called where did i come from that was on uh you know that was on my my family's bookshelf it gave me access to the stuff much younger than the age of consent and actually i think that's the healthy thing to do we you can't shut the stuff away particularly in a highly uh you know in a society like ours where there's access to a whole lot of media um we we actually just have to deal with it sensibly it is, it is down to parents yeah and as neil says what, what are you doing, Nick? Are you busy climbing uh, out of just, a car or something? Just, uh, yes, yes. Busted, mm. busted. Mm. Just want to ask you a question about that book. Was it helpful then? Was it? Well, uh, you know, I've got, I've got, I'm married and I've got children. I guess it must have been. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. The end, Neil. <laughs> Before I get into this, I've got to talk about this later on. But what's the worst street in the country for you? Because there's a compilation of the worst streets that's been done by a media outlet. And some of them are abysmal. What have you got? Well, for me personally, it's just that one when you're coming from Newtown down towards the airport and you've got all that traffic from the This is in Wellington? Yeah. This is in Wellington, yeah, yeah sorry. And it's just a nightmare. And you've, you've got to run this gauntlet and hope you don't get hit every time. But that's my worst. But actually, I think the worst one was actually covered in the article you're mentioning, which is the, the one in Queenstown where the only left turn is to the KFC. And I find it hard enough not to eat KFC as it is, nice. let alone be told by the NZTA I have to go, go that way. What does it say about our priorities in this country? All cars must go right except for the KFC ones go left. What about you, Nick? I mean, Nick, you must have just a list of great, great streets. Well, the ones that I've traditionally have have all been sort of sold over the years. But funnily enough, I had to, to take a trip through Mount Victoria today. And as I came down past Regional Wine and Spirits in yeah. Alice Street, there is a turn there as you go into the basin. And frankly, I guess locals would know how to handle it. I had no idea how to turn right into Harnia Street. And that it was very perplexing. And there'll be people listening going, well, he's clearly an idiot if he doesn't understand that. But it wasn't clear to me. And I thought there must be no end of accidents there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Basin Reserve in Wellington is actually incredibly confusing. I've lived in Wellington. I had lived in Wellington for, what, 16 years. I still do not know what lane you go into in order to get the fastest way around it. I still don't know. Uh, that's our huddle. Guys, thank you so much. Nick Leggett, Neil Jones. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.